is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Good morning. Uh, it's really encouraging when uh, the things people bring sort of fit in with what you feel God's talked to you about bringing, which is quite exciting, really. So um, I'm going to start with a couple of questions for you. Um, have you stepped out of the boat and felt the water overwhelm you? Do you have promises locked up or sitting at the back of the cupboard or filed away for another day? Have you got promises or dreams you feel God has given you, but you've lost sight of them? I'm going to look at these questions this morning by looking at the life of a dreamer, Joseph, in the Old Testament. Joseph had dreams and promises, and he stepped out, and unfortunately he ended up in a pit, and then in slavery, and then in a prison. Um, But God fulfilled the promises that he gave him. Um, and he ended up leading Egypt and saving his whole family. Uh, the, the things that he dreamt about were fulfilled, but not quite in the way he expected they might be. So, unfortunately, there's not enough time for us to read the whole of his story because it's 14 chapters of Genesis, which is a quarter of the book on one person, which is quite impressive, really, uh, considering what else is in Genesis. Um, so... I'm going to pray quickly, and Kat's going to then um, read a bit of the story um, for us. So, Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us this morning, uh, as you already have been, about dreams and the things, the purposes that you have for us. Amen. So, this is from um, the Jesus Storybook Bible. If you've not seen it or got it, then get hold of it. It's an excellent, excellent book. Um, for anybody and on David's doing a leadership course at the moment and it's one of the recommended books on the leadership training course so if you've not got it not seen it get hold of a copy Jacob had 12 sons but of all his sons Joseph was his favorite one day Jacob gave Joseph a splendid new robe it was beautiful and rich with all the colors of the rainbow but it made Joseph's brothers jealous they wanted rich rainbow robes too then to make things much worse Joseph kept on having these special dreams. I dreamt I was the greatest. I was king, Joseph told his brothers, and you all bowed down to me. Now, I'm sure you know, even if Joseph didn't, that telling your brothers things like that isn't a very good idea. Joseph's brothers hated him even more. They wanted to kill Joseph and his dreams. And one day, that's exactly what they tried to do. They tore Joseph's rainbow robe off him and sold him to slave traders for 20 pieces of silver. The traders took Joseph to Egypt and made him into a slave. The brothers went home and lied to their father, telling him that Joseph was dead. That's the end of that dreamer, they thought, but they were wrong. God had a magnificent dream for Joseph's life, and even when it looked like everything had gone wrong, God would use it all to help make the dream come true. God would use everything that was happening to Joseph to do something good. Meanwhile, though, things were not looking good for Joseph in Egypt. He was far from home and from his dad. Then he got blamed for something he didn't do, and even though he'd done nothing wrong, he was punished and thrown in jail. But God had not left Joseph. 
one night pharaoh the king of egypt had a scary dream about some thin cows gobbling up fat cows what on earth did it mean he didn't know but joseph was a dream expert so pharaoh sent for him it means a famine is coming joseph explained there won't be enough food pharaoh was so pleased by joseph's skill that he immediately took joseph out of jail and made him a prince now back home joseph's brothers had run out of food and everyone was hungry god's special family was in danger if they didn't get food soon they would starve to death so joseph's brothers traveled to egypt to buy food they came and knelt before the new prince his brothers didn't know that the prince was joseph but joseph knew who they were joseph's dream the one about his brothers bowing down to him was coming true it's me joseph cried and when they saw it was joseph his brothers were afraid they had wronged him they had sinned and they knew it now certainly joseph would punish them but joseph looked at his brothers and his eyes filled with tears even though his brothers had hurt him and hated him and wanted him dead in spite of all these things he couldn't stop loving them his heart which they had broken filled up with love and joseph forgave them joseph threw his arms around them don't be afraid he said behind what you were doing underneath everything that was happening god was doing something good god was making everything right again joseph didn't punish them he rescued them he brought god's special family to live safely with him in egypt one day god would send another prince a young prince whose heart would break like joseph he would leave his home and his father his brothers would hate him and would want him dead he would be sold for pieces of silver he would be punished even though he had done nothing wrong but god would use everything that happened to this young prince even the bad things to do something good to forgive the sins of the whole world thank you as you can see there's a, a lot to the story of joseph um, he's a favorite son he had a coat of many colors he had dreams and he got into trouble his brothers and father were angry and they became jealous they wanted to kill him but reuben saves his life and he's sold into slavery and taken to egypt and sold to the captain of the king's guard the bible says but the lord was with joseph and gave him success he became uh, in charge of the whole house but then was accused of adultery and thrown into prison and then it says but the lord was with joseph and showed his steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the prison guards so he was in charge of prisoners and then prisoners have have some dreams and he interprets them and then asks the cupbearer to remember him but he forgets and then pharaoh has two dreams and no one can interpret what they mean um, and the cupbearer suddenly remembers oh yes there's a guy in prison that can probably tell you what it means so joseph interprets those dreams and instructs them how to survive the famine and he becomes second in command in egypt his brothers show up because they're hungry and joseph tells him who he is and forgives them and the whole family move to be with him there's lots to learn from joseph's life what do we focus on he was a dreamer he remained a dreamer despite the difficulty he faced there are six areas that i felt god speak to me about this as i was preparing this and the first one is a dreamer needs the right motives in my last preach i talked about peter getting out of the boat and walking towards jesus 
And I got the sense that stepping out in faith, dreaming dreams, having visions is similar to walking on water. You have to get out of the boat if they're going to happen. And the question is, are you getting out of the boat because it looks cool to walk on water? It's pretty impressive. Um, Or are you getting out to get to Jesus? Joseph stepped out and shared his dreams with his brothers, but the method he used was really obnoxious, um, and he was quite proud. And uh, their anger is probably understandable, if you think about it. Joseph knew he was the favoured son. He didn't really think about the impact his dreams might have and the interpretation they might have on his brothers. He kind of shows his youth being tactless. Um, They already had a grudge. Don't make it worse by pressing on the very thing that they're grudgeful about. So have you stepped out on a dream you felt God give you only to meet massive opposition or anger? Did you think about the way you shared what you felt God speak to you? Did you come across obnoxious and proud like like Joseph did? You see, self-importance can be an obstacle to what God wants to do. That's different from having a sense of our sorry, a sense of our self-worth in God. It's a self-importance or an entitlement that breeds anger in others, and they can feel overlooked and small. It puts people off the very thing that we feel God's spoken to us about. Someone wrote that pride and insensitivity become the poison which causes jealousy and hatred in others. That's pride and insensitivity become the poison which causes jealousy and hatred in others. It can be a real obstacle to faith. If we share God's dreams in the wrong way, others feel small. If we're proud, obnoxious or arrogant, which is often a hazard of youth but not restricted to the young, it becomes an obstacle to God. So we need to take care how we share what we feel God's put on our heart. We share it with humility, putting God first, not ourselves. We need to learn to communicate the dreams God's given us and enthuse others about them without making them feel small. You need to change other people's perspectives, maybe, on what's possible. If Joseph had said, my brothers, I believe God is saying he'll put me into a place of authority where I'll be able to rescue all of us from certain death, they may well have thought differently about what he'd shared. He might not have ended up in the pit. Um, He probably would have got a different reaction. Uh, But then again, hindsight's a wonderful thing. So um, make sure you get out of the boat with the right motives. A dreamer needs the right motives. Number two, a dreamer needs supporters. Something that leapt out of me as I was reading it was the phrase about Jacob. Jacob kept the saying, that is the account of the dream, in mind. I was like, why does that feel really familiar? Um, It's actually the origin of Luke 2.51, where Mary said she kept all these sayings in her heart. It's when the angel prophesied about Jesus' birth to her. You see, Jacob was a dreamer too. Heaven, he saw heaven open and angels ascending and descending before God. So when Joseph shares his dream, Jacob rebukes him, probably just because Joseph was blunt. Um, the meaning of the two dreams that Jacob share, sorry, Joseph shares were pretty unambiguous. You can't really read them a different way. And it made the, made Joe, Joseph, sorry, Jacob, I'm going to get these two confused because they start with a J and that's, that's my mind. Jacob, um, 
it ended, he ended up pondering the meaning um, and waiting for it to be fulfilled rather than sort of dismissing it offhand. You see, Jacob was a man of faith too, and he believed that dreams and visions, especially when they're repeated twice with the same sort of interpretation, come from God. He had an expectation that God was revealing his will or foretelling future events. Jacob expected something extraordinary, just like Mary did when the angel spoke to her about Jesus. You see, Jacob knew that God was at work and speaking to Joseph, even if he didn't understand exactly how it would be fulfilled. We need to share dreams that we have with those who will ponder and pray and seek God for us. We want to share those with people that will rise in faith and believe and trust God for the vision that we have and encourage us to press in even in the years ahead when things might get difficult. So we need to be careful who we share things with, especially when they're still sort of new, especially when you've, you know, you've just heard something from God and there's that excitement. It, negativity can sort of almost snuff those things out immediately without us realising it. And our desire here is Jubilee. We want to encourage people to dream dreams. We don't want to snuff them out. We want them to succeed. We want to see people seek God's plan and vision for their lives. Have you held on to a dream for a long time? Step out and share it again with trustworthy people who can encourage you. So number one, a dreamer needs the right motives. Number two, a dreamer needs supporters. Number three, a dreamer is faithful and God will bless them despite their circumstances. The story of Joseph um, speaks about his attitude. He honoured God in prison. He said, God will show you the answer to your dreams in Genesis 40 verse 8. And he also honoured God before Pharaoh. He said the same thing effectively. God will show you the interpretation of your dream, 41, 16. Joseph honoured God. He worked faithfully despite the circumstances he faced. He had integrity and he respected God. He had a righteous fear of God. He spoke about God's faithfulness and honoured him above himself, especially when he was interpreting people's dreams. He really demonstrated someone who could live for the glory of God in every circumstance. He demonstrated humility and pointed towards God and away from himself. At the beginning, this was the very thing that Joseph had lacked. But it wasn't that sort of false humility where you say, oh, it wasn't me, it was God. Um, he learnt that God gives dreams and gives interpretation of dreams. It also says in the same, so, the same passage, 39, 2-6 and 21, God continued to give him success. When Bible writers repeat important themes or phrases and stories, when they mention them two times in quick succession, it's because they're really important. There's a lot to learn from Joseph's life. Nothing happens by chance. Either we trust in God and that he is in charge, or he's got nothing to do with anything. But the Bible teaches us that God is sovereign and uses everything to his purposes. We either need to align ourselves to him, trust him, or rebel. We can mope about, we can complain, or we can press on, faithful um, in and trusting in what God is doing even in the most difficult prison circumstances we face.
The key here is that God blesses us as we live for him and put him first, even despite our situations. Joseph needed to learn humility, and let's not fall into the sort of pretend humility where we say, yeah, that, yeah, it was God. Isn't God good? Maybe we, we need to say, yeah, we need to say that in effect. God is good, and um, it was with his help. Um, people can often react to, with that. Well, it wasn't actually that good. It wasn't, you know, all God. <laughs> um, so Joseph learned humility. He demonstrated faithfulness. He demonstrated diligence and trust. God gives us success despite our circumstances. That's what part of this, this story teaches us. And that dreams aren't always fulfilled in the way we thought they would be. So one, the dreamer needs the right motives. They need supporters. A dreamer is faithful and God will bless them despite their circumstances. Number four, a dreamer goes through trials. God can use trials for a variety of different reasons. If we have a good perspective when we're going through trials, they can teach us things. Those that have gone before us, the pantheon of faith, if you will, went, all went through trials and difficulties. Why should we expect that our lives be any different? Life can give hard knocks. It's how we react to them that shapes us. There are all sorts of different trials in the Old Testament but they're generally accompanied by a person learning more about the character of God or being shaped or prepared for the purpose that God's given them, for, to fulfill the vision that God has for them. And God uses Joseph's trials to teach him things. We've already talked about humility, but also we see a progression in responsibility in his life. The first thing is that we see he, he was given an assignment. He was told to go and, and find his brothers by his father. That's in Genesis 37. He was then placed over a household, Potiphar's household, in Genesis 39. He was placed over a prison, the king's prison, in fact. And finally, he was placed over a nation. He was the second in command to the king. The middle two things, the middle two progressions, happened during a time of real trial. These trials are more difficult than many of us will ever face. The final progression was a direct result of the, you know, the first two. He may not have made it to the Pharaoh's palace had he not been in prison. Had he not interpreted the cupbearer's dream, he might not have ended up before Pharaoh. He learned leadership in Potiphar's house and in prison, and he became the prince of all Egypt. So we can see that Joseph, by grace, was a natural leader, but he needed to learn humility and he needed to learn so, to lead so that people followed him willingly. God may give us a massive dream and ask us then in the same instance to do something that might seem completely insignificant. We need to learn within those situations to cope with the vision he's given us. There might be a period of preparation of ironing out of our character or reshaping us so that we can do that so that we can reflect what God's spoken to us about. God often uses obscurity to teach us how to behave when we end up in the limelight. God often uses obscurity to teach us how to behave when he thrusts us into the limelight. The pit, the pit and the prison were learning places for Joseph. They became 
his classroom. Joseph appears before Pharaoh a completely different person to when we see him at the beginning. He points towards God as the source of the interpretation to dreams. He explains how to plan and administrate a solution to the upcoming famine. It's almost a prophetic plan that God gives him. He tells Pharaoh to find someone else. There's no arrogance, there's no obnoxiousness. It's not the same person. It's not the know-it-all Joseph. He had learnt from his trials. Joseph's example to us is that God uses trials to shape us. It's important that we don't rebel against the trials that we're in, but that we allow God to do the work that he wants to do, that we allow him to shape us and mould us as he shaped and moulded Joseph, and keep trusting God even in the midst of those circumstances. He knows where and what he wants us to do. So a dreamer needs the right motives. A dreamer needs supporters. A dreamer is faithful and God blesses them despite their circumstances. And a dreamer goes through trials. Number five, we're nearly there. A dreamer holds on and gives God ownership. Hold on to your dreams. Give God ownership. Joseph could have assumed that his dream was completely finished, that it had fallen apart, that his heart could have hardened and become bitter. He could have told others not to dream, that they're meaningless, that God doesn't speak through them, and squashed others' dreams and visions. He didn't become a detractor, someone who squashes those things. Would you be able to continue to dream in Joseph's circumstances? He could have looked at his circumstance and thought, how could I have got this dream so wrong? He could have refused to have anything to do with other people's dreams and interpretations. But despite what he was going through, his own trials, he was still interested in what others were going through. He still cared for other people's dreams and wanted to hear them. And he also believed that God would give them the interpretation. What does this show us? It shows us that he had an incredible heart for God. His heart was still soft towards God. He still honoured God. In, the behave, in his behaviour, whether he was a slave or a prisoner or a free person. He lived in such a way that God could, could continue to honour him even in the darkest place. So fight for your heart. Fight for your heart. If you've got heart disease, if you're becoming a detractor, fight for your heart. Don't let it fester. Don't let it continue. Seek God and allow him to soften your heart again. Continue to dream the dreams that God has given you and allow God to shape them. Hold on even when it all seems to have fallen apart. This isn't easy, but remember it's God's dream, it's his plan, his purpose. Learn to trust his timing and his season. It's hard often to let go and say, Lord, I want to let your will be done. It's hard, but it's not impossible. In my experience, it's almost as soon as we do that, as soon as we say, God, let your will be done, that the greatest breakthroughs happen. Is that because we've put our trust in God for his timing and purpose rather than seeking our own agenda? I think it probably is. It's hard because God gives us dreams and visions that stir our heart, that give us energy and passion, that fit our personalities. Laying them down can feel like we're giving them up. But giving God back his dreams and trusting him isn't giving up. It's, it's saying, God, they're yours. You can have your place in them. 
we can be so desperate to see a vision fulfilled in our own time and in our own effort that we almost forget who the person was that gave us the dream in the first place. Sometimes God speaks to us so that we can pass on that dream, so that we can pray for it and give it to others. Sometimes we're given dreams that won't be fulfilled in our lifetimes, but that, so that others can live with them too, so that they can catch the vision God's given us and carry it further than we could ever see it happen or further than we could ever go with it. Have we fulfilled our part? Of course we have, but not in the way we thought we would. As I was preparing, the example that I could think of for this was Martin Luther King, one of the greatest speakers of the 20th century. He had a dream, and part of that dream was that his four little children would one day live in a nation where they would not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. He never saw his dream fulfilled. And it's debatable if it has been. But he lived with a dream and encouraged others to live with it too. Was it a waste? Of course it wasn't a waste. If God gives you a vision, don't give up. Don't hide it. Maybe he's given it to you so that you can give it away to someone else. He'll take it further than you ever could dream of. Fight for your heart. Don't let heart disease take hold. Hold on to God and allow him to have his way. Give him Ownership of your dream. So, a dreamer needs the right motives. A dreamer needs supporters. A dreamer is faithful and God blesses them despite their circumstance. A dreamer goes through trials. A dreamer holds on and gives God ownership. And finally, a dreamer trusts the dream giver. Whose dream is it? There's a massive distinction between our dreams and God's dreams. Our dreams are self-centered or centered on us. God's dreams are centered on or around him and his heart. Our dreams involve or are dependent on us. His are on him. God's dreams almost seem to happen despite us. They can be based on things that we love, but require us to work on issues in our lives that we already, sorry, in our lives that we find challenging. My experience is that God gave, has given me an incredible passion for nations, a big vision for what God wants to do in us as a couple, as a family, but that I shouldn't limit God by challenges I can see that are really obvious. Kat and I feel really strongly called to Africa and a passion for working into other places, a passion for the lost and for the poor and to encourage those who have the same sort of calling to encourage those to explore God's heart for them as well. It may seem insignificant, it's not for me. Although I love traveling, although I love eating strange food, although I enjoy listening to different music and meeting people from all over the place, I'm a terrible traveler. I find it incredibly stressful. It's not just remembering all the things you need, like your passport and your tickets. It's actually the process of travel, getting places on time, getting the right plane, getting on the right train. I just find it incredibly stressful. I'm not a natural traveler. And uh, obviously, when you feel God speaking to you about nations, that could be quite a big obstacle to face because every time I have to learn again that I need to trust God. Um, we have a dream about being abroad, and that, that kind of caused us to think that Derby was somewhere that would be, we'd be temporarily, um, which impacts on how you think and behave. We had a really significant word 
that we needed to think hard about, but it spoke about Derby being a base to work from. And we felt we needed to take a step of faith. And the most natural way of saying we're here, we're committed, was to buy a house. Because that, if nothing else, says this is home base. Um, we still believe God's called us to, to have a vision for the nations, but that we would go from here and come back here, that we wouldn't go in our own strength because we're working with you as a church and including you in what God has called us to. The timing, we don't know how, not really sure about that either, but we know that we can trust God and that he's faithful to his timing. He's been faithful so far, so why do we think otherwise? So there's a big distinction between our dreams and God's dreams. When we're living for God's dreams, even in the most impossible situations, God can fulfill his dreams in us. If we're living our dreams, they can fall apart at a moment's notice. They can crumble. Earthly dreams are easily destroyed. They can rust. They can go mouldy. Heavenly dreams is like storing up treasure in heaven. Matthew 6, 20-21. Nothing can destroy them. No thieves can break in. No rust or moths. They're built on things that are more indestructible than we can imagine. If we do this, if we've got the right perspective, if we're holding things in the right tension, then we can trust God. So have you allowed God to take hold of your dream and mould it into his purpose? Have you allowed God's dreams to shape yours, or are you still living for the dreams of this world? The Bible warns us about living for the wrong things, about storing up treasure in wrong places. We need to let God shape our perspective again and allow him to transform our earthly dreams into something more removable. Allow him to shake, sorry, allow him to shape things so that they shine for his glory and they stand the test of time. So the question is, whose dream is it you're living? So in summary, <laughs> a dreamer needs the right motives. Number two, a dreamer needs supporters. A dreamer is faithful and God will bless them despite their circumstance. A dreamer goes through trials. A dreamer holds on and gives God ownership. And a dreamer trusts the dream giver. Have you stepped out of the boat and felt the water overwhelm you? Have you stepped out at work and it's not gone the right way? Have you stepped out in speaking to friends or others about Jesus and it's gone a bit pear-shaped? Have you stepped out and shared a dream or a promise you felt was from God? Do you have promises locked up, sitting somewhere at the back of a cupboard, filed away for another day? Have you got promises and dreams that God's given you, but you've lost sight of them? Has it fallen flat? I feel God saying this morning that we need to rise up and stand again, that we need to revisit our dreams, because there's grace today to restore them. I feel God wants you to take hold of them again and trust him again for his dreams. I feel also that there are a number of areas that we could pray for. And I know Lou's had a word, I can't see her now, she's up there, that fitted in with where I felt God was leading us. I wanted to pray for those who feel like they've got heart disease. Those who feel that their hearts have grown hard towards God and in the midst of trials that they're facing. I wanted to pray for those who weren't sure where their treasure was and those who have treasured things in the wrong place. To pray for people that have got dreams 
and to pray for people that feel like they might be detracting from others' dreams. To pray for people to have dreams and visions if you've not felt God giving you a dream. To pray for you as well. I wanted to pray for those who felt their dreams had fallen apart or broken and for those who've stepped out and met resistance and for those who've lost hope or those who feel like they're in a prison situation like Joseph was in and just need someone to pray for them and and be reminded of God's grace. Lou, do you want to bring what you had? Yeah, um, I had a um, kind of picture this morning, and uh, um, the picture was of uh, people. I felt it was us, and uh, standing in a massive kind of art gallery, and there were loads of um, blank canvases. Um, so I've written this down. Um, it's up to it. Um, and I just felt that God would say that He wants to colour in the canvases, but we need to move in the gifts that He has given us, or will give us to do that. So in regards to the, the dreams and the visions and also in God's giftings he has for us. And um, some were, were bright and exquisite colours, but others were like different shades using a pencil. And the colourful pictures, I felt they represented the, those giftings that are more effervescent and noticeable. Um, but the, the pencil shading, I felt, represented the gifts that may not be as, notice, not be as noticeable um, and maybe the gifts of bringing direction and clarity into different circumstances in people's lives. However, these pictures were just as beautiful as they were a, f- a reflection, too, of God's glory. I also felt God say um, not to despise or be afraid of these giftings, um, that God is going to use the different dynamics to glorify him and bring back glory to his church. And um, these giftings, I felt, that, that God gives us to use in the church to build one another up, but they're also the skills and talents that he's given us to use in the marketplace, in the workplace, and in, in the home, and that actually no one is, is, is excluded from this this morning. This is for each of us. Um, and I just want to look up the meaning of dynamics, and it means dynamics is where objects experience some form of motion, which is the result of different forces acting upon it. And God wants us as his church to be dynamic in moving in what he has given us. And uh, I felt the forces, are, you know, is God's spirit on us. And actually, I've, I felt there were four four names um, just felt that God gave me this morning. Two of those people I can't see. One's T outside and one's Chopin. I don't think he, is he here this morning. Um, another one was Pete. Right at the back, hi. Um, and um, another name was Michael. And I, I can't place anyone. Um, that I know I've called Michael, but if you're called Michael, I just felt those people particularly to um, be prayed for in God to that this morning. So. Thank you. Yeah, so we're going to um, sing a, a, a song, and if if you feel God has spoken to you about dreams, if you fit in any of those categories that I mentioned, um, then we'd love to pray for you um, and help you move on in God and to, so that you go from here knowing God's spoken to you uh, and knowing that you can trust him for the dreams that he's put on your heart so we'll go with that thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk Come along on any Sunday morning.